Yeah, so I was in a meeting today, and I was just a uh, kind of a technical meeting going through, you know, what we want to do for this one project. And, you know, I have this little piece that I'm in charge of, and so I was kind of diagramming that on the whiteboard, just, you know, drawing up, okay, these are the database tables that, you know, we need to have for this, yada, yada, yada. And we get to the end of the meeting, and I'm talking with uh, one of the other guys that's kind of taking a lead on it, and like, and thinking, oh, you know, actually we need to, you know, maybe move this out to another one. So I'm just kind of drawing this, you know, on the fly. And he makes this comment in passing. He's like, wow, you know, you know, it's really nice to see that, you know, you can normalize tables like this. And he goes off on this tangent about how there was this one time he was interviewing this candidate uh, for a company, supposed to be this, you know, database guru. And he had asked him a question, you know, how would you normalize this database table? And he had no answer. He just, he couldn't do it. And so, you know, in the back of my mind, he's thinking, thank you for coming. We won't be hiring you. And so <laughs> I'm walking out like a minute or two later and I'm talking with Chris, another guy. I'm like, so now I have to Google how to normalize tables or at least what that is. So, you know, it, it's nice to, uh, you know, I may not know what I'm doing, even though I appear to know what I'm doing, know what I'm doing. <laughs> and you know how to use Google. Hello and welcome. This is episode three of We Don't Know What We're Doing, a podcast on the thoughts and misadventures of your hosts. I'm Matt Austin in Fairfax, Virginia, and with me, of course, is Joshua Crawford from Kansas City, Missouri. Hey, everybody. This week, we're talking about the things we once were, things that, you know, we once made time for, were active, uh, perhaps, you know, we even considered them part of our identity uh, or, you know, for some value of identity. And that we find that, you know, as time goes on, we just don't have the same sort of energy or passion to continue on with. And, you know, they just kind of fall by the wayside um, one way or another. And so in thinking of this, you know, um, so Josh and I have known each other uh, since college. So we've met as students, which at that time, like, that's kind of a major part of your identity. And I actually don't remember did you go back did you get a master's or did you get sucked into that trap i did uh for some reason i was bored the first couple years of work and so i thought getting a master's would be a good idea yeah i i somehow managed to to avoid that i i don't know partly do you do you think it was a worthwhile thing i to put you on the spot here i actually do for me but my situation is maybe a little different from everyone else's because uh, I literally had one class that was relevant to my career. Uh, so I kind of felt like I had some catching up to do also. So it made a lot of sense for me to go back and get a, you know, a master's that had a little bit more focus in the power industry. Okay. So the one class that you had, that was in your bachelor's. You had one relevant class and then you went back for your right. master's. Okay. Yeah, all the others, I did all these, you know, classes that I thought were fun, like machine vision and stuff like that. And it, it had zero application for what I was doing. See, I, I just I just held on to all the classes that I, I thought were fun. And then I, I stopped there. Uh, it's actually kind of funny because I was making room on our we have this little bookshelf down in our media entertainment room basement where I am now, actually. I had I still have like all the textbooks that for some reason I still hold on to. They have. <laughs> absolutely no meaning like so I, I pack them up and i move them into my office and, you know one of the guys asked me like yeah so if you ever need 
you know, a book on, you know, introductions to nuclear reactor statics. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Yeah, I've not only have I held on to my textbooks, my wife just recently managed to convince me to throw away a lot of my old homework that I had held on to. <laughs> That that so, is dedication right there. Yeah. So I whittled the notebooks down. I did still keep like, you know, some of the lab reports and stuff that I was really proud of that hours and hours of blood, sweat, and tears went into, but but everything else has been pitched. Yeah. It's kind of funny. Like I every time like I would look over my textbooks, I would start conjuring up these great plans, like, yeah, it's just like, you know, do a chapter a week and, you know, a textbook at random and just just to see what would happen. <laughs> Why? I have to ask why. I I don't know. I I maybe just to justify the fact that I still had them. I yeah. I really don't have a good explanation. So now I've at least moved them into my office, where <laughs> I don't know. Other people will look at them and assume that I might still be smart or something. Um, <laughs> I mean, that's why I have books at my office sitting on my shelf. See. Yeah. I think you just need to change tactics a little bit so you can take the pressure off yourself. The reason you're keeping all of those books is not because you're going to read them someday. Really, they're just part of a carefully devised fitness plan because every time you move or every time you rearrange anything in the house, you have to move all those boxes of books, and that's exercise. That's true. Although by moving them to my office, hopefully I'm saving myself you know, some exercise. But yeah, it's actually kind of funny because when I interviewed at the company, you know, there were a couple of people that looked and said, oh, you have a math degree. And they started asking me these questions. And I'm like, yeah, I haven't I haven't done that since I graduated seven years ago. Like, there's no relevance here. <laughs> like, at one point, one of, the, one of the people that was interviewing me, because uh, we do a lot of signals processing. And so he asked me, you know, he looked at me like, all right, so can you tell me what an FFT is? And I'm like, I can tell you what that stands for. <laughs> But beyond that, yeah, I, I know. Yeah, it's been a long time. I've forgotten a ton. Don't get me started on that. But yeah, being, being a student was kind of an interesting time of life. I've thought about that recently, even just how we thought we were so busy then, especially if you had, you know, a part-time job that you were working in addition to doing homework and doing lab reports and extracurricular activities and stuff like that but man i had time to take naps on sunday afternoon <laughs> who has time to do that anymore i know we we had so much time for halo too <laughs> we did play some halo that kind of ties into one of the points you had on here gaming and actually so i i was going to throw another game out there not uh not just like xbox and halo but uh for many years when I was like a junior high, high school student, a huge part of my life was chess. I spent so many hours studying chess books, um, you know, reading about games that good players were playing recently and studying openings and stuff like that, and occasionally playing in tournaments and doing pretty awful at them. But it is interesting how even when you stop doing something, the activity you spend and time on leaves its mark on your life when you were talking about moving the books around all over the place because another thing that i've been storing that my wife keeps trying to convince me to get rid of is my stack of chess life magazines that i keep swearing to her 
one of these days I'm going to actually read through. But I suppose I shouldn't be surprised that there's a Chess Life magazine. But <laughs> were you not aware of this fun fact? You know, I I didn't have my dis- my uh, subscription renewed. Yeah, you're missing out. Definitely missing out. So why did you? Uh, so what is the main thing that like got you away from playing chess? Um, I think it was the realization that where I had these grand delusions in junior high and high school that I was actually going to be really good as I got older and started to have a more realistic view of how much effort was actually required to become really good at it. I just kind of, I looked at my life and said, yeah, this doesn't really fit anymore. Uh, So not having time to play tournaments, you know, kind of removed the incentive to practice. And I I didn't have my mom driving me to chess club anymore. So plus it's, uh, it's not as fun losing to an adult when you are an adult, when you're a kid and you lose, it's kind of like, Oh, well, that's expected. Uh, and then when you beat them, you know, you're, you're a rock star. Uh, but when you're also an adult and you lose, it's just not (laughs) or win. It just doesn't matter. Yeah, and now when you're an adult and you lose to a 15-year-old, I mean, you just think, what have I been doing? <laughs> you say that in jest, but I have a coworker that actually is still into chess, and so I live vicariously through him, and he gives me tournament updates occasionally when he goes to tournaments. So recently he went to one uh, up in Iowa, and he played, uh, I think he said she was eight, an eight-year-old girl. And she apparently got up from the board one time during an entire four-hour game uh, just to ask her mom to help her open her bottle of water because she couldn't manage to to do that. But she did manage to absolutely destroy him. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if I could take that. It, it's pretty pretty damaging to the ego, I'm not going to lie. I, uh, I About two years ago, I attempted to revive my chess career in went to a local tournament and I lost to, I think a seven year old girl. Yeah. Real, real fun. That makes me feel better. Cause I just, the closest thing I have in comparison, I remember, I guess this would have been about six, six, seven years ago. I don't remember how long, uh, but when, you know, Bryce Harper, the nationals superstar was first called up, you know, me and some friends, we got tickets to go to nationals park and we were watching him. And we're all just sitting around, and we're all, you know, mid-20s, early 30s at that point. We're like, he's 19. <laughs> we're, yeah, we're so far behind the curve here. Not that I was ever particularly good at baseball anyway. Like, I, I played in Little League, but there weren't a lot of, you know, defense first, second baseman, all-stars in, you know, fourth grade. <laughs> Kicks dig the long ball. That's all it is. Yeah. How long have you been into baseball? That that seems like something that uh, when I knew you in college, I don't remember you talking about it a whole lot. And it seemed like you kind of got more into baseball after you moved out to D.C. area. Yeah, it's kind of ebbed and flowed. Like when I was a kid, I was a huge baseball fan. I had, you know, I mean, so, so many baseball cards. Like that would be, you know, my Saturday activities. I would get out all my baseball cards. And I would decide, I'm going to organize them differently this time. 
we're going to be crazy. We're going to organize them by team. <laughs> and then the next week's like, no, no, no. We have to go back to card number. Nothing else makes sense. Um, <laughs> yeah, so I would watch, you know, we lived in Lynchburg. So we, you know, in the 90s, so our two options were either TBS and the Atlanta Braves or WGN and the Cubs. And I never really caught on with Harry Carey. So I was kind of a Braves fan during that part. And then I guess around high school, like that kind of fell off. Like I just kind of stopped paying attention to it. And I watched a, I remember watching a couple games in college, uh, like, you know, uh, like, you know, I remember opening day, you know, watching that one from my dorm room. I don't even remember who was playing. It was just, you know, some opening day game. And I was like, oh, it's baseball. Uh, but then when I got back out here, you know, there was actually a team that I could go and drive to because I hadn't had that really before like even when i lived in kansas city and you know the royals were in dark days at that time but i just wasn't there long enough to really you know i would i was there for the summers but i was always doing other things with friends so that was never you know i was was never a huge royals fan because that wasn't part of me but you know when i came out here and the washington nationals at the time were crap as well um but it just bothered me because not a lot of people were going to the games and like more people should go to the games. More people should have, you know, that, you know, local team spirit raw. Uh, so I started going, and then they got good, and now they're back to mediocre, I guess, this year. <laughs> yeah, they, it seemed like they were kind of peaking around the same time the Royals were, and uh, yeah, neither neither one of those stars burned very bright for very long. Yeah, yeah, they've the the Nationals especially have sort of, you know, I mean they've lost in the first round every time that they've gone to the playoffs four times in the last seven years or so. Um, you know, maybe next year. <laughs> I think that's hilarious that you, you took up a team um, out of some uh, sense of like social responsibility. <laughs> it kind of, yeah, that's kind of what it was. Like at, at the time, like I was still, you know, I was as a child, I was a, as a Braves fan. So, you know, I would go to the, especially go to the games that the Braves are playing and you know usually I'd root for the Braves at that time but just over time I'm like okay you know what I live here I'm gonna do this go Nats <laughs> that is hilarious I uh I've never cared enough about the local teams so I'm I'm sorry I'm, I'm not really doing my civic duty here in Kansas City <laughs> actually now I think about it yeah I didn't even go to the uh the parade you remember the a uh, crazy day when something like 800,000 people showed up in downtown Kansas City and made national news. I, I do remember seeing uh, photos of that on Facebook from, I, I think, probably uh, some of our other friends posted those. Yeah, I, I avoided that morass. I think something went through my mind like this. Well, I've never really been on the bandwagon before. I think it's a little too late to jump on now. <laughs> That's kind of how I feel with the uh, so the Washington Capitals won the Stanley Cup this year. And that's that's kind of how it, like it was a huge parade in downtown DC, and it was great, and I was happy for them from Fairfax. Like I'm not I'm not going to go in and deal with all that. <laughs> well, you'd have to cross bridges and things, so yeah, or take metro, and that's just never a good idea. I I I love the metro whenever I go there. You know, it's great whenever you have visitors. That's the thing that I've. I've found like if I have a visitor, then it's completely fine. There will be no problems. Right. But if it's just like a normal day, all hell will break loose. The tracks will catch fire. You know, something's going down. Right. So 
on our list, we wrote down of, of some of the other things that we used to do and haven't been doing. Um, one thing it seemed like you used to do quite a bit for a little while was volleyball. And that, that was another thing that kind of, uh, I don't know, flared up is the right word, but it, it, it became a big deal for a while and then it kind of just fell off. What, uh, what was the story there? Honestly, the people I played with, we just kind of stopped playing. Um, so especially shortly after I moved out here, uh, at my church, there were a bunch of people around my age. And, you know, after Sunday evening church, we'd go over to our pastor's house. He had a net set up. He was a big volleyball fan. And, you know, we'd play, you know, for a couple hours until the sun got too low, at least in the summer. And then, yeah, I mean, we... Most of that is just, you know, we got older, like most of them at some point or another ended up going to law school. Uh, our pastor had, you know, back and shoulder issues, so he had he stopped playing. And so, you know, we just kind of sort of lost that core group. And it like I went to uh, a couple times with another friend. There was another church that would set up, you know, nets in their gym and we'd go over and play there. But, it, it you know, it just wasn't the same. Like I wasn't as excited for go into all that um. hmm. you know that's something really interesting now that i think about it that uh i hadn't really noticed that's kind of a common thread through all of these things i mean being a student was just a time of life and that time of life ended so we we quit living like a student if we were still living like a student that would be some kind of mental disease i think um but all the other things on this list for the most part uh like when we were playing on Xbox quite a bit or um, you with volleyball or me with chess. I played indoor soccer for a while too. And a similar story as you, I got into it because of a group of people. And when that group of people kind of quit playing, you know, I kind of quit playing too. So it seems like a lot of the things that we did, we enjoyed the thing, but a, a big part of what we enjoyed was the community. I'm guessing even with your, um, you know, fandom, uh, your participation in cheering for the Nats, when you first started doing it, maybe it was a little bit of a smaller community, but there was some sort of, you know, camaraderie with the, the people that were going to the games and getting into it. And uh, the fan base has expanded now, but I, I suspect maybe that's part of it. Yeah. And, you know, it's funny that you bring it up like that because. I mean, especially with respect to, like, baseball, uh, there was an article that I had read and I had retweeted and sort of, you know, talking about how, you know, the style of baseball has kind of changed over the years and, you know, that it's sort of, there's a trend to make it more homogenous. Like, a lot of the teams are adopting all of the, all of the same, you know, advanced stats and advanced metrics, and that's making the game, you know, less fun to watch. And I'm less concerned, I think, with, you know, that aspect of it. But when it comes to, like, the fan community, all of the, you know, saber metrics, you know, these advanced, you know, oh, he's worth this much war, or, you know, he only should hit against left-handed pitchers, you know, all of this kind of detailed, you know, we try to distill everything to the science. And it for me, like, that just makes it tedious. And so even as much as I love, like, you know, I would love diving into all those stats and reading them somehow taking that and then actually trying to apply it and then saying this is what is the 
you know, absolute truth here. Like, that just, it makes, I, I sort of lose my interest in, like, continuing on with, you know, those sorts of fans. Mm-hmm. It's similar to why the, you know, the few baseball games I've gone to, I've actually enjoyed watching worse teams more because it's just not really all that enjoyable to me to watch a pitcher throw three strikes and strike a batter out and the next batter comes out and you know hits a pop fly and he's out and the next batter comes up and hits a ground ball to first base and he's out that entertaining you know it's it's entertaining when there are some errors and there's some some close plays and uh because i think that's part of the human aspect and it makes it more accessible <laughs> you you're able to get into it because when you see people play like machines no thought in you like that you could ever do that and maybe if you really really know the game you have a lot of appreciation for that because you know what it takes to get to that level but otherwise for anybody else it's just not really entertaining to watch that's like with chess too chess is a pretty boring sport they've tried to uh i shouldn't even say sport it's not a sport they make chess life magazines out of it i don't know how boring it could be right it's they they're trying to make it an olympic sport and it's just not going to happen but um there have been several attempts to try to make forays into you know the world of broadcast sports with chess and currently like the best uh attempt that's being made at it is being conducted by the st louis chess club and a lot of strong players have moved there you know and they have some some people that actually have some good personality and they they stream videos on youtube and things like that but even that nobody tunes in to watch one of the seven-hour marathon tournament games where somebody is sitting thinking about a single move for 45 minutes because there's nothing to see. Yeah, they're awesome. The, the quality of the games is super high. They're, they're playing like supercomputers, but there's just nothing to see. People enjoy it more when they you know watch a blitz game that gets played in five minutes and there's mistakes made all over the place because there's, there's more happening and you can, you can actually kind of see what's going on in the game and feel like maybe you kind of understand what's going on. I, I'm sort of imagining like this instant replay for chess now where like you see how he takes his hand and moves the knife. <laughs> That'll be the day. And and then the next thing they'll do is they'll start highlighting the pieces with different colors and drawing arrows on the board. And Oh, wait, they kind of already did that, actually. Them. This one has a 17% probability of being taken. <laughs> Like poker, World Series of Poker. Oh, yeah. And that's, I, I sort of hate that about, you know, instant replay in baseball, for instance. And for me, I, I think my biggest argument against instant replay is that even in the World Series, it just doesn't matter that much. It's a game. <laughs> Let it be enjoyed and argued about. And yeah, okay, Don Dankinger screwed the Cardinals. That's fine. <laughs> Yeah, that, I'm always fine with anything that screws over the Cardinals anyway, but that's just my own personal bias. Yeah, that, that used to very much be part of the game. Uh, people getting into, you know, fist swinging matches over a call and stuff and getting thrown out of the stadium. But 
Uh, yeah, but we can't accept the possibility that anything might be wrong and left wrong. Right. And I, I don't know... I, I get that we have the technology, and yeah, we can correct you know some things that were absolutely egregious. But it just shouldn't matter that much to where... You know, this is something that has to be available at every point in every game. <laughs> yeah, although you got to admit the um, the addition of like flyover cameras, for example, in football games has has made the game more enjoyable to watch on TV. That I'm all for. I'm all I'm all for adding you know technology to sort of augment you know how we see that, but you know we don't need that. Just for the sake of, oh, we have to be able to instantly replay, you know, all of this. We have to know if the tip of the football even touched the line. <laughs> I don't care about that. I, I think that's a, a misuse of technology. You know, uh, my caller ID was just going off here and uh, Major League Baseball called and uh, they they said that they need to speak with you. So maybe you should just give them a call back. So one of the questions that I had with this topic was, um, okay, so we have some things that we used to do that we don't do anymore. We have some things that we uh, have started doing more, actually. Uh, like a couple of those for you, uh, photography and, and writing, those kind of grew. But one huge milestone that I noticed was when I got married it seemed like things changed a lot. And then now that we've had kids, they changed again. So I was curious, how do you feel that social events, whether that's a church event or a family event, how have those things changed for you with both of those milestones, getting, getting married and having kids? Oh, we didn't have a ton of time in between the, uh, the, those two milestones. It was 13 months or so. October to November, yeah, 13 months. Um, so just, I mean, speaking since having kids, everything is earlier and shorter. <laughs> um, <laughs> like we had uh, over uh, one of our friends from church last night, her friend is, uh, her friend, her husband is deployed and, you know, she has two kids, you know, I think two and four or so. And so, you know, they came over for dinner and, you know, that was, that was a lot of fun. And then, you know, it's like, okay, seven o'clock, time to get them home for bed. <laughs> and we're like, okay, we are going to put Abby <laughs> straight in the bath because we had a rainstorm and she has decided to just outright dive in puddles and it's not even worth trying to stop. Nice. Um, but it is incredibly cute. So at least we have that. <laughs> yeah, you, you're absolutely right. With earlier and later, we well, actually, we have a, uh, a gathering with a couple of friends of ours on Sunday that we're planning this weekend. and you know, I asked what time, Hey, what, and what time do you want us to show up? And so we're doing dinner and the time we're going to arrive is four <laughs> because you have to squeeze mm -hmm. it in between the afternoon nap and when they start getting cranky. So <laughs> oh, absolutely. We'll, we'll probably arrive around four and have dinner by five and then maybe get an hour to uh, try and converse while saving lives. And, uh, and then we'll <laughs> head home. Yep. Uh, one of my fr one of my best friends from church. Uh, he was very fond of. He has three girls. Uh, they're like, I think the oldest is about six or so. Uh, 
But yeah, ever since he had the first one, he's like, okay, I just want you to know, having kids is the best thing, and it will also ruin your life. <laughs> and and it, it does. It, like, it's completely accurate. Like, everything has to change around that. that and that's completely fine. Like, you do have... I, I have accepted that, you know, I have less time for certain things. Like, uh, for instance, when I put photography on the list, it's because I haven't really done anything, you know, seriously related to photography in ages you know i or you know so it seems like most of my proper you know big camera photos are of abby mm-hmm. um and you know this isn't a bad thing it's just it's a different thing and it's like okay well i'm going to put this away for now and then you know i will come back to this later right at least that's you know or maybe i won't maybe i'll just say you know I've kind of moved on from that. You know, that was that was fun. Uh, but, you know, I don't have the same sorts of ambitions and the same, <laughs> uh, to use your phrase from earlier, delusions of grandeur. Like, I, I'm not going to become, you know, the next Annie Leibovitz. Uh, <laughs> not that I was particularly trying beforehand. Right. Uh, I think um, that is a huge aspect of why some of these things have fallen off. We mentioned the community aspect earlier. But life really has changed quite a bit. Even so, I one thing I used to do, I didn't really consider it a hobby or even something I pursued because honestly, I just did it because I wanted to be healthy. But I used to run and I ran fairly frequently. I would probably run three times a week at least. And now the tricky thing is like, if I want to run, I have to get up before. Nathaniel wakes up because when I get home at night, Sarah's had him all day. She needs a break. So I need to put him to bed and then we need some time together. So night time never works. And morning he's been getting up at like six o'clock or five 30. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, I'm not enough of a morning person to get up at, at four just to go run, uh, especially when we've been up late the night before because he wouldn't go to bed till late and we needed some time to talk. So it, uh, yeah, it, it definitely changes things. It's a different focus. Yeah, I'm kind of remembering, there's a movie I had watched Channel Plane uh, with Paul Giamatti. I don't remember the name of it. He was like a wrestling coach uh, for this failing school district or you know something along those lines. And you know, he would always, you know, jog in the morning. And so the opening scene is him jogging and then it cuts back to home. And, you know, his young daughter comes in, climbs in bed with mommy. And like, where's daddy? He's running. From what? <laughs> yeah, that sounds That's the right. only thing I can ever think of when someone says, you know, oh, I'm going to go running. I'm like, why? <laughs> I, don't, I, I can't do it. Yeah, we we do have somewhat different perspectives on that. It's it's peaceful. No, no. <laughs> uh, you we'll, just, we'll have to agree to disagree on that. You one. just have all you have is the sound of the blood rushing through your ears. <laughs> of course, this is why I am, you know, vaguely fat. Uh, not actually fat, just you know, overweight. I've actually been, I joke though that I can actually joke that I've been diagnosed with foie gras because I, <laughs> when I had a physical earlier this year 
and they're like, okay, yeah, everything's fine. You know, your liver function's slightly elevated. It's probably just fatty. You know, they went in for an ultrasound. They're like, yep, that's what it was. Just lose some weight. <laughs> um, you know, I could probably stand to lose, you know, I don't even need to lose a huge amount, just, you know, 20 pounds or something like that. This would probably be a, a good goal. Okay, so it, it's a low grade of, of foie gras. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, um, I think... The interesting thing is life has changed, but I haven't completely given up on some of those things in the past. So the thing that I keep praying about and wondering about is just how to fit some of these things in and matter enough to put the effort forth to fit in. For example, all jokes about running aside, like I do think some level of fitness is important. That does Mm -hmm. need to be fit in. And then realistically, like if I'm going to pursue any kind of hobby, I probably only have space for one. And any free time I get is probably going to need to go to that. So. uh, I'm glad you chose podcasting. (laughs) For now, right? A season. (laughs) We'll see how many episodes we last through. But the. uh, My honest goal right now is, you know. They do, you know, I, I have heard, you know, they say that when running, you know, it's best to just kind of set, you know, short little mile, incremental milestones as you go along, you know, just, you know, to the next street and then the next street and then the next street. There you go. And so for me, for the, you know, the podcasting equivalent, like I have my site sets on, you know, 20 episodes and then we'll see, you know, where we go from there. Cause that'll be, you know, the better part of a year if we, uh, if we manage to get to 20 episodes. See, if, if you're going to do that, you might as well go all in. Just go for 26. 10 episodes? 26 would be a year, so <laughs> just go for that. Yeah, but it's not as nice and round. So, you know, 20, you know, it's got that, it ends in zero. <laughs> yeah, at least 26 is still even. There is that. It's It's got that going for it. Yeah. Oh, man. So uh, I do have one confession to make for all of this. Okay. Uh, Cause we had, you know, we talked about pre-gaming before when I was like, yeah, you know, I kind of miss playing FIFA on Xbox. So I have an Xbox now. Oh no. And FIFA. <laughs> like an Xbox one or which version did you go get? I got, uh, th- this was a fun story too. This was almost a, um, a candidate for, our opening story of how we don't know what we're doing. Uh, so I was looking online and I wasn't going to get the Xbox one X cause that's, you know, $500. And I, you know, if I'm only getting a couple hours a week, like I'm not dropping that kind of money on that. Yeah. It just seems stupid to me. So, you know, I'd wandered into a GameStop and, you know, they're like, Oh, used, used game Xboxes, you know, the original for $200. And then I was looking online, like, oh, I can get a used Xbox One S for two fifty. That's not too bad. Uh, so I went in, you know, I got that, got FIFA, brought it home, plugged it all in, and it was just, it did not go smoothly at all. Like, it was taking forever to try to install, which I understand is a actual thing with Xbox games, <laughs> uh, but you know, this would be like ready to play, and so I would go to play it, and it's like, no, you're not. <laughs> Uh, you know, and I would let it, I tried that a couple times. Like I came back, you know, the next morning just to see if it would let me, you know, it said it was fully installed. Like went to play like, no, you're going to crash. 
So, so we took that back because you know he had seven days to you know just say never mind. And uh, Jamie happily happened to be on the Costco website, and they actually had you know the same Xbox One S plus a control plus a second controller for you know like three hundred. So basically, the cost of a controller more. And so we ended up getting that, and everything's been smooth since then. And also having the second controller is great, because it's something that I can give Abby, <laughs> if she happens to be in the room. I'm like, oh, here you go. This one doesn't have batteries. Are you indoctrinating her right now? <laughs> no, no, she's happily sleeping. Um, but yeah, and usually I don't play it when you know we're downstairs anyway, because I only get a little bit of time with her anyway. So. Yeah priorities but it, it is nice to like have that you know peace of mind like okay i can just give her this one you'll be happy <laughs> she has well worth the 50 dollars. she can push buttons that don't do anything so i uh talking about not knowing what we're doing it took me a while to figure out that if nathaniel was going to grab the tv remote that i should at least take the batteries out <laughs> <laughs> yeah i was giving abby the remote to our blu-ray player that wasn't plugged into anything <laughs> And that was that was the best way to to do it. Nice. Well, I hear a baby crying, so I think I'm gonna have to go take care of that. So, uh, before we go, I do want to share some semi-random excellence. Uh, so, things that we make time for. I have an addiction to ice cream that has lasted for as I can remember. And so, about a year or so ago, my wife got me a ice cream maker so that I could make my own at home. And just disclaimer, uh, we are not endorsed and do not anticipate ever being endorsed by Amazon. Uh, but this ice cream maker is for sale on Amazon. It's uh, the Nostalgia Four Quart Double Flavor Ice Cream Maker. And uh, I can't say that I've used it enough to uh, you know, say that I've put it through like a life cycle test or anything like that. I don't know how long the thing is going to last, but I will say that uh, it looks good and making chocolate mint and vanilla ice cream at the same time is just a ton of fun. So if you are looking for something to do with your families for the summer, get that one or get a different one. Or just show up at Josh's house. You could do that too. Just stop buying, uh, you know, six dollar for a half gallon ice cream from walmart or price chopper and make your own sounds good we have one ourselves, but it doesn't uh we only we can only make one flavor at a time in that one so well i will put a link to that one in the show notes <laughs> and thank you so much for listening uh, we would love to hear from you. Our email address is podcast at we don't know dot info. Um, our website is we don't know dot info. Uh, that's got all of our you know social media links, yada yada. Uh, you can subscribe to us on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, all the big boys. Uh, and if you'd like to write us with thoughts, questions, funny stories, you know whatever you got, we'll take it. And we will be back to you in another two weeks. Bye. <laughs>
YA BEGINI